Whoops. You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome into episode number 17 of The Accidental Leader. I'm your host and fellow Accidental Leader, Bo McDonald. I want to thank our sponsor, Your Marketing Company, for sponsoring The Accidental Leader podcast. And without further ado, I'm jumping right in today because I know, I know this one has the potential to run long because of our guest, not because he's long-winded, but because when we get together and talk, we can talk for hours. I'm jumping right in. Our, our guest today is Randy Smith, founder of CUInsight.com. Three, two, one. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon. Randy, welcome into the podcast. Uh, Bo, thanks for being here. I, I think we have a we've had a, a 15 year conversation that we're just picking up on, right? So, thanks for having me. And as you mentioned before, we got into recording the podcast. Tables are turned. I've been on yours twice, <laughs> so I pretty much had to back you in the corner and be like, "Hey, man, you want to be on the podcast? No pressure." I I, I I prefer to be on the other side of this microphone, Bo, asking the questions. But because I'm here. You don't know what's coming. I'll take it easy on you, I promise. <laughs> so before we get into it, if you're listening, if you're in credit union world, you, you know Randy Smith, you know CU Insight. But I want to travel back prior to 15 years, prior to CU Insight. Just give us a, a brief synopsis of how you got to CU Insight before you actually got there. Oh, that's it's a it's a long and winding road, right? Like um, you know, out, out of college and even like in high school i always thought i wanted to to be a stockbroker i think i must have watched like wall street when i was young and that's what i thought i wanted to do and that's kind of what i worked towards and that's what i did out of uh out of college was um you know i worked for morgan stanley and was having some success and hated it <laughs> so it really was a question of like boy what else, what 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 can i do and you know just life kind of twisted and turned and and my co-founder of CU Insight David Miller um had a company that was working in credit unions and we were talking and I was looking for a change and you know we uh decided to 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 make the leap uh not knowing anything about credit unions um and from that we you know 15 years ago started CU Insight um as something really as a side hustle in the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think of the name of your, your podcast, Accidental Leader. This, this was not, you know, uh, founding a company was not even on my radar, I, I think, when we, uh, when we first started CU Insight. So. so you said something. I want to go back to this. I, I want yeah. to spend some time here. You said, I was having success and I hated it. What does that mean? Uh, I mean, I can remember it. I mean, still to this day, and it's a feeling that I, I like. I, I think I, I don't, wanna, I don't know if I would say I keep constant, but like I, I do constantly remember it. I remember standing in the shower, going, "I can't do this for another thirty years," <laughs> um, you know, and uh, 
but it was just it didn't light me up it didn't make me feel alive there wasn't it it was i think it was very early and at that time um you know i I mean we're talking mid-20s uh you know the and i'm much older than that now i i i i didn't know i didn't know why right like i i always thought i think at that point in time of life i i really looked at it like the like you should be happy if you have money um and it wasn't it was you know so that idea of success was uh something but there was something inside me where i'm like boy this just this just isn't working for me um and you know just like personally was kind of miserable in the in that career path and and kind of felt helpless for a little while because i didn't know anything else that was what i'd put you know i'd put my head down and went for it and you know, got the dream job, the job that I always wanted. And quite honestly, I remember thinking, sitting back and thinking, being like, I don't think I'm qualified to do anything else. So, um, yeah, it was, a it was an interesting, um, time. And, and it's something that I think I continued to revisit over the years is that idea of, uh, you know, that it, life isn't that tough. Life can be fairly easy if you, if you do things that you enjoy doing and say no to the things you, you don't. So, so when you were embarking on this transformation of Randy Smith, <laughs> I'm successful. I have success. I hate it. And, and you took this leap into the unknown. I think there, there's so many people I talk to, and I know there's people that listen that, that are successful. They're, they're in this job. They're known in an industry, and they're afraid of change. They don't think they can do anything else. So you probably had those feelings of fear, like I'm, I'm in this thing, I'm successful. If I leap into this other thing, am I going to be homeless? You, you probably go to worst case. <laughs> you know. What what are those those thoughts, the fears that you had, and and how did you actually just overcome that and jump into this brand new thing? You, you know, that's I, I find that to be an interesting question because I don't think it's ever stopped. Right. Like, um, I, I think as I've gotten older, the one thing that I realized is I actually like change and, and kind of thrive in change. So, um, okay. Strike that from the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know too many people that would sit there and say, I love change, especially in our industry. Oh, no, I, I think that's true. And I don't think it's just our industry, right? Like, I, I think um, there, there's a certain um, level of comfort it, that that comes from uh, this perception that we know what's coming next. Um, and, and I think that that's one of those things over the course of like my, my life and my career is, you know, what I thought I wanted to be as a teenager in my 20s or even in my 30s and into my 40s, you know, like it, it there is that like constant change. And, and once I... I think accepted that and almost was like, Ooh, no, I like this. Like I get bored if things don't change. I, you know, like I, I don't feel like I, I love going down the rabbit holes and learning more. And you know, that, like there's a kind of a curiosity to me that that's, that's what makes me feel alive. Um, so, it, you know, that idea that like taking the leap, um, you know, I, gosh, you know, there's so many different things over life that are like popping into my head where like when I look back, it, you know, it's like, oh, that was such a great time, even though maybe it wasn't the best time financially, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, but it was the it was that that exciting time. And, uh, and so I, I do think that that's just something, you know, I, I know from conversations that you and I have had, I, I, I know we, we both share um 
you know, so, some different things that we've studied where like that idea of like looking at things and saying, okay, what's the worst that can happen? But then moving forward from that and saying, okay, now I know let's just go forward. So I, I, you know, that's just something to me is I, like, I've always been one who looks forward. I, I don't put a lot of, uh, I, I, Jill, my, my partner says that I'm the least sentimental person out there. Um, so I, it's, you know, it's, Has it's she I, met me. Has she <laughs> you know, she has. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, but that's it. Right. Like it, but I think that's part of the, you know, I think of all the conversations that you and I have had over the past 15 years and we never talk about the past. We very rarely talk about what's going on today even, right? Like we 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 tend to to look forward and I that to me is um is something that it, you know is that's I quite honestly I think it's that's just me, right? Like and it might just be you and it might be others, but um so I, you know, I I I struggle with you know saying, "Oh, well, you know, um people should try not to look backwards or people should try not to do something because what's, you know, what that, that other thing that I've, I think I'd say I'd figured out a, a little bit over time is like, what's right for me isn't necessarily right for everybody else out there. So <laughs> it's, and, and what is right for them isn't right for me, quite honestly. And, and that's okay. So as you were taking that leap, did you have any fears? Now, you, you obviously overcame them. You were excited about this change. Absolutely. You were second guessing, saying, "I don't know if I want to do this." I, I this is what I will say. I, I obviously had fears because I didn't give up my brokerage licenses, so it wasn't like I just was like, "I'm out of this industry." Um, like, I, if I remember correctly, I kept them for two or three years, um, <laughs> and I kept them active and kept doing the continuing education and all of that because that was my fallback. Um, so there was fear. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't burn the ships necessarily <laughs> day one, but I, that I, I do remember the three years later when I did burn the ships, it was a very, very happy day. Um, so, but it, it was one of those days that felt like success where I was like, wow, this is awesome. I don't need the, that, that parachute basically. See. Through this journey, you've obviously been successful. You're, you're in year number 15-ish of, yep. of running your company. And it's funny you say that because I'm sitting here looking at my desk and the book I'm reading now, right now is called Burn the Boats by Matt Higgins. <laughs> and, I've not read that. <laughs> and to my list. when you say that, I've got to ask, do you think you would have been more successful faster if you had burned the boats and you didn't have a backup? Um, that's, that's something that I've thought about. I mean, j the same way I I'm sure you've been asked by people that are like maybe starting a business or thinking about stepping away from say more corporate life. Um, you know, I get asked the question all the time and I, you know, I I'm not sure the, the thing about it is, like I said, I didn't necessarily burn the boat day one. And, and even when I, when I, when I got out of my, let's say first career out of college, um, like I went and I worked in another company that 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 David, my business partner, had that worked in credit unions, and we started our current company like it was completely moonlighting. Um, now that being said, I quit the other thing and went all in as far as what where my time went fairly early on, within like six months of 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 launching my you know CU Insight. I was, it wasn't like it was making a ton of money or anything, but I just looked at it like if I spend, instead of spending 40 hours a week doing one thing and another 40 doing this, if I just spend 80 hours doing the thing that like I believe in and that I'm having a blast building, then 
I'm going to do that. Um, it, so that that at that point, I do feel like it was a little bit of a burning the boats, but I didn't do it day one. Like I still had, I guess what you could say is a a bit of a fallback um, just in case it didn't work. But as soon as I felt any forward momentum in it, then I was like, yep, it's time to just put my head down and go all in. I ask you that because I'm reflecting back on on my first few years of YMC, and I think about yeah. me writing that line. I was still doing the, the morning show, doing morning radio, trying to run YMC, trying to travel to all these conferences. It was, it was a nightmare. And I finally got to that comfort level where, yeah, maybe this YMC thing, maybe my company will, will be a thing. I'll give up this, this sure thing and, and go do this and we'll see what happens with it. We're talking 15 years ago. We are looking back today. Wild Wings in Spartanburg. Absolutely. Yep. Is the place we'd first met. I had, I'd randomly reached out to this, this thing, this, this <laughs> random website called seawindsight.com. Maybe I can advertise my company on there. And we realized, wait a minute, we live like three miles from each other. It was crazy, right? Yeah. National marketing firm emailing the, this national uh, trades publication. And we're, we're just a couple of miles from each other. Sitting there in, in Wild Wings, if you think about that, that first meeting we had 15 years ago, you see where the company is now. Is this what you pictured? Oh, no, there's no way I could. You know what I mean? Like back when we were sitting there, um, we didn't have any employees at the time. I mean, it was, you know, um, just you know doing it, it was just building and it was exciting and it was it was so much fun um and something that i'm still to this day grateful for and i think it's why we've continued these conversations is like to have somebody else who is kind of on a similar path right like um different businesses but we both were going through i, I think along the way we've both went through some of the same growing pains and we've made mistakes and we were able to share those with each other because there was kind of that no judgment zone <laughs> you know what i mean like um it, we weren't necessarily stakeholders in any way in each other's business in that sense um even though like you said we you advertised with me and things like that but there was a certain friendship that allowed um us to share those kind of trials and and then also successes with each other um along the way and that that to me was yeah, if, if if you would have told me when we sat down and had some wings 15 years ago that we'd be sitting here having this conversation and we'd be in the places that we are and our companies would be in the places that they are, I, I, I could have never expected that. This is it's been a fantastic ride so far. So a side note for those that are listening, thinking about giving up the sure thing and, and you have this <laughs> passion, uh, sometimes it's just crazy enough to work out. It, um, absolutely. So before we move on, I, I want to go back to your time of working for someone else. Uh, in some of the first episodes of The Accident Leader, I talk about the two Johns, the the one that I worked for that I wish I would have emulated and the one that I worked for that I did and I shouldn't have. I want to talk about one of the leaders who has most impacted you, someone you worked for, a teacher, someone in your past that you look back and say, I wish I could be this person and I try to pull as much from them as I can when I'm leading my team. Who would that be? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, I, I've listened to the podcast. I, I'm a big fan of the Accidental Leader podcast. And so I, I, I kind of knew this question was coming and I don't have a great answer for it because I think so early in my career, I surrounded myself with and the people that maybe I looked up to, I would not want to be those kind of leaders today. Right. Like, so where it was very transactional, it was very, uh, like that authority. Um, and it's something that as I became a leader that I think I struggled with 
because of that like founder's mindset where for a very long time it was just david and i and we were partners in this like growing it right like so that idea of um like why doesn't everybody get it why doesn't you know like just putting your head down and going and not necessarily leading i feel like i saw a lot of that in the the turn the transactional business that like i started my career in so i you know it's been an interesting thing i've learned more from people over the past 15 years by picking their brains and you know by just asking questions and and being extremely i guess maybe the words vulnerable um to be like I don't know what I'm doing right now. Like, I don't, I I seem to be running into the same wall and asking people that I've seen success uh, or have success or that I looked out as like good leaders today. um, And and it's been amazing how many of them have been willing to be that vulnerable too and say, oh no, that's what you're seeing is a, is a work in progress still. Right. Like, um, and and that's, so I, you know, I, I honestly, I don't have that like, who is that one person that you're like, I'd like to be more like them. I think I put together a whole list of folks that I'd prefer not to be like, quite honestly. So that's kind unfortunately of that list is usually bigger than the, the positive influences in most cases. To me, that's so important, right? Like we, we learn if you don't learn from that feeling, the failure, the, whatever it happens to be, um, then, you know, it is kind of that idea that you're, you're probably just going to repeat it. And, and, and I think back to, so many times early on and that that i was you know i I mean i by no means would an accidental leader is absolutely true (laughs) this it was not something i was looking to be (laughs) what is your biggest mistake as a leader at sea Insight that you wish you could go back and and have a redo at gosh that's such a great question um that non-sentimental side, I, I tend not to look at mistakes, <laughs> um, but it's, um, I, I really do think that, that it would be that idea of like trusting others and not thinking that there was only one way to do anything, quite honestly. Like I, 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 I've talked to other, the folks who have started and founded companies and, you know, so much of early success tends to be founder driven. Um, so when you, once you start to grow the business and you have to transition out of that, it can't just be like, you can't expect anybody else to just do it your way. And it doesn't mean that that's wrong, right? Like if if you're, if you're working towards one goal and there's, there's plenty of different paths to get there. So giving people the space, um, in, in the trust to go out and do it and not get in the way of their progress because it maybe didn't look exactly the way that I did. I, I think that was a huge struggle for me that, I mean, to this day, I, I, I have to constantly remind myself of. You know, it's funny when you say that, I, I'm going to dig a little deeper because <laughs> I can relate to that. that. My company had been successful. I had my hands in everything. Absolutely. And I thought because I had my hands in everything, that's why we're successful. Until I took my hands out of stuff and I, I realized what my weaknesses were and I hired people to fill those weaknesses that were better than me. Holy cow, have we taken off to places that I never imagined we could have gone because I, I put the rails in place and said, this is what success looks like. Here's the rules. How you get there is up to you. And that was probably one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done as a leader is giving up that control. But when you have people you can trust and, and they just go do it and they do it better than you. You kind of look back and, and one, you're almost like, gosh, do you, do you even need me here? You're doing such a good job. 
am I out of a job because of this? But but then you see these other people just take off and, and blossom as leaders too. You know this, but we, uh, boy, four years ago now, hired our first CEO uh, of CU Insight, Lauren Culp. And, you know, for a while, I mean, it was, it was an active thing. Like I would make lists to, to like of things that I wanted to, I was thinking about or looking at because it, that was my way of not getting in the way. Right. Like I, I didn't want to just like fire off the, the Slack message or the email or call up and say, Oh no, I think you should do this. You know? Um, so, and, and it was an amazing thing to be able to like sit back and say, okay, I'm not going to talk about this until our founders meeting a month later. Um, because by the time that month came around, so most things were crossed off that list, right? Like they just weren't worth talking about anymore, but it was I, like, I've enjoyed it's a great success as far as I'm concerned is every day over these four years, she's made me more irrelevant and I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. It might be my greatest leadership thing of all time. <laughs> so. and, and it's funny, I'm going to bring Jill up for a moment because yep. uh, Jill, your partner and, and I were just down at a conference in, in Alabama and she was speaking the, the day before I spoke and she was talking about leadership and someone in the audience raised their hand and said, well, yeah, but I, I give my staff, the guidelines and they still come back and ask me for permission and say what should i do and you know in the end we were talking about if if your staff is doing that it's either something in the root system where they've been given permission they failed and then they got completely beaten up for it and yep. stuck in the root system and they don't want to do it or you as a leader have said oh just go do that and and they don't do it the right way and it wasn't a major failure they just didn't do it your way but then you beat them up for not doing it quote unquote the right way you know, Bo, sometimes I don't even know if it's even beating them up if you're just giving the answer and they're like, cool, I'll go do that. Right. Like that was a, a, a big change that I had to make. And I, I'd like to say that I've gotten better at it, but it, it took a, a, a big changes. Like when people would come to me with like a question or what do you think we should do here? Or, what do you think about this? Which still happens to this day. But it was like a simple little thing, like switching asking the question back. Well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? My staff hates when I do that. Absolutely. Right. But from uh, I, I think from a founder standpoint where you for so long, and, and I know both you and I were you know, guilty of this, we, we would you know, just keep talking we, or we'd, we'd have the ideas. We, we had that vision of what we wanted to get done and the way it should be done. So to give that up and say, all right, no, that looks like it'll work. Let's let's see what happens. Sounds good to me. You know, so the amount of times, and I think that's where once we've had success as leaders in letting people run, right? Like of, of running with their ideas, even if we're like, oh, I would tweak one thing in that. Is that really necessary? Right? Like, no, let's give that a shot. And we see that success, right? So not only is it good for them where they feel the success, they feel empowered, but it's also good for us. It builds our trust. Um, you know, and, and that to me is uh, like, that is a constant. I, you saying this could be a long conversation. I love to talk. I have to shut up and listen a lot more and say, what would you do? I, I absolutely love that. So. Yeah, that, that's. I think that question right there is, is the biggest thing to success when, when you've got a, a team member who, either in the past, has been beaten up for taking a chance on something. If you if you just talk it out with them, hey, I'm not giving you the answer. You said this is what you would do. If you're wrong, what's the worst thing that could happen? And they realize it's going to be okay. Life isn't over. My job right. isn't over. I'm not going to be punished. <laughs> At the very most, it's a learning opportunity. I probably won't touch the hot stove again. I'll do something different. 
no, I, I, I touched the hot stove multiple times. I just, it just it takes me a while to learn. So unfortunately, so <laughs> no, there's an awesome book, Randy. I, I know you're a reader. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the book Permission to Screw Up? I have not. Gosh, you're giving me all kinds of reading list things here. So Kristen Hadid is the writer. She she had opened a uh, a cleaning business and and she's got a new book that's that's coming out at some point and she's promised she'll be a guest on here. Looking forward to that one. But she wrote a book called Permission to Screw Up and it was all of her her mistakes as a leader as she opened this cleaning business and and realized that she too was an accidental leader. <laughs> right. And the whole premise of the book Permission to Screw Up is basically what we're talking about. What's the worst thing that could happen? Go, go do it. Go try it. Come back and, and we'll talk about it and learn from it. Right. Like that's the, to me, that's the, like, I think about this often. There's no bad data points. right? You know what I mean? Like it's that idea that if, if you try something and it doesn't work, cool. What's next? Right. Like what's use that, uh, that what's that? The definition of insanity is just doing it over and over again. So yeah, I'm, I am a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. And I think, uh, you know, I, I will say this, like over my career, I always have been, I've liked the, that in theory, I'm not sure. I just always acted that way <laughs> as a leader. I remember this was something you picked up at a conference and we were walking in downtown Greenville after lunch one afternoon. And I remember you saying these words and I've carried them with me, fell fast and fell cheap. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's something that I, it's, it, like I actually, I think over time, I think that like so many things you hear that maybe make a nice meme or they're just something that sticks with you. There's always um, that idea of like, but there's also one to, there's another step to that, right? Like you can fail fast and fail cheap and be done, but what's the next step, right? And that's, that to me is the, 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 the thing that I would add to that. Like that looks, fail fast, fail cheap looks really nice on a coffee mug, but if you just end there, then you just failed might have been cheap but you know so like what's the next step what do you come from it uh, you know a lot of the business partners that we had at CU Insight we were as you mentioned we're a, a, a trade publication um the was this idea of like the mentality of like field of dreams if you build it they will come you you're a marketer you know that's not true you have to tell people about it right like and that to me is, is something that i think over time that i keep looking at is like okay can we dig deeper what what's that next step, right? Like what's the next step that moves forward and not just um all right, that's done. That's that's the past. Like what's the next thing we're gonna do? And and whether it's business or life, I think it's just that's important. So aside from giving up some control, aside from knowing that you have to hire leaders to to fill in some of your gaps, over the last fifteen years, how have you grown as a leader? What is the biggest area that you've you've seen as a change for you that you're most proud of? Um, I, anything I say here, I'd still say is that work in progress, right? Um, I I do think that I'm attempting to listen more, um, and listen actively, uh, you know, not, um, not have the response, (laughs) um, already formulated in my head, uh, to, to truly listen through. I, I think that's huge. Um, I, I think also as a leader, and it's something that you just said, the idea that like nothing has to be permanent in that sense. Like if you make a mistake, it's not the end all be all, right? Like um, it's it's what you do after that. It's the, there's not only one way to do things, Um, you know, so looking at things fully, 
I think is just extremely important. And I think I've, I've gotten better at that. Um, you know, also just realizing like what I'm good at and what I enjoy um, and what I'm not. I mean, that's a, I probably would have told you 10 years ago that I thought I was a good leader. And if I looked back now, I'd be like, Oh geez, not even close. Right. Um, so and, like really having a little bit of self-awareness, whether it's about being a leader or just in life in general, it's th- that knowing what you're good at, what lights you up, that that's to me is so important and something that I've gotten a lot better at over time. I was having this conversation with a, a mutual friend of ours, Scott Butterfield the other day, and he, he always reminisces on the best advice that I ever gave him. I don't know if it's the best advice I ever gave him, but he says it was that he needed to hire someone before he needed to hire someone because I, oh. I I saw how busy he was and and all over the place. And he's like, I want to grow my business, but I'm so busy. When you had to hire your first person, how did you make that choice? Because you are giving your money to someone else in hopes that they're going to make your life easier and and help grow your business. We've been talking about how did you make that decision? (laughs) I, I have I have so many different things on this because our stories interwined again, right? Like I remember uh, a guy that we both know from Greenville, Jeff Wasserman, yes. uh, told me we were having. I still remember it. We were at the Starbucks across the street from Falls Park, and he said entrepreneurs always hire six months too late, <laughs> right? Like this idea that you need you need the people, but so the same thing you were saying about Scott, right? Where you just kept telling him you need like your business will grow. It's time, you know, that type of a thing. And I think about that often when I'm talking to other uh, people that are starting out or small business owners. Um, I also think back to my, the first employee, if you remember correctly, it was somebody I split with you. <laughs> so, oh about that. Yeah. so I didn't go all in then. And if I remember correctly, I remember hoping that you wouldn't get mad because after about a week or two, I realized I didn't need a split employee. Like we had enough work for a full-time employee. And I was like, oh man, Bo like offered this up. And now I'm like, just going to steal this person. Right. Like, um, so it, but it, it was, it was really tough. And, and I've said this many times since then. Like my job changed the first day that we hired Kelsey. Um, it, it, that was our first employee. And when we hired her, my job no longer was just to build my company. It was, you know, for Dave and I, our job was to make sure that her and her kids, I, I always say, had mac and cheese on their plates, right? Like we suddenly were responsible for others. And that to me was a, and to this day, that is a total switch right like the i don't want to say that like the making money at this point is it's not just for you know the owners of the company it is there's a lot of people that you know over the past 15 years have bought cars and houses and their kids are now going to college and you know i mean um there there's that's a it's a lot of responsibility so you know i the hiring the making the jump um of, of starting to hire folks was I, I think a big one and but like i remember less of the if you want to say the hemming and hawing of hiring the person but i remember the responsibility that came with it just smacking me directly in the face and it's never went away <laughs> did you feel like your decision making process changed when all of a sudden you go from 
mac and cheese on my table to mac and cheese on my table and this other living, breathing human being with kids, right. how I'm responsible. Did your decision process change through that? I, I'd, I'd like to think that it, it may have a little bit, but, but not a ton, right? Like um, in my mind, like being too conservative or you know not making not not pushing forward is um like that i like i am a believer i'm just a firm believer that if you're not growing you're you're dying like there's no such thing as maintaining because if you maintain people around you are growing right and so you, you have to constantly grow do you grow the same speed that you did as a startup no but you have to keep evolving and growing and so you know, I also looked at it as when, when, as we built our team and, you know, when I look at the, you know, our, our, our current team is like, this is not a, we have to have a good year. Many of them have decades left of their careers. We need to have good decades. So for us to like us to still be here and us for them to be able to, if they choose to establish a career and stay with us, like I want to make sure that we're still providing that opportunity in the platform that, that somebody can make a career at our company. And, and that to me is, is important. And it, I think it kind of takes the, you know, those, those daily decisions, it, it makes the daily decisions easier almost because you're looking at the bigger picture at how does this, you know, how does this direct us for the future um, years down the road? And, and if you're, if you're standing still, none of them are going to have an opportunity five or 10 years from now. Every strategic planning session I do for a credit union, I open up with a slide of a healthy plant and a dead plant. And the words, you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. If you're in between, you're not. you got to choose one of them. And the numbers don't lie. I believe that completely. And I love that analogy. <laughs> So as we wrap up episode number 17, I, we could go another few hours, but I know we can't. We'll make another episode out of, out of some other topics. I want you to think back to, to the fella that was sitting at, in the booth at Wild Wings 15 years ago. If you had to give advice to, to a younger entrepreneur, a, a young leader from, from your playbook, what one thing would you say to them to make the biggest impact? I don't know where I saw this, but I did recently, and it's something that has really stuck with me. And it's this idea that urgent and important are not synonyms. Yes. So, so you know, what's important is is something that I, I would say to the young entrepreneur is what is important to your business? What is important to what you want to do as an individual? Because we are also individuals. Um, and if it's not important to you, then you're never going to, you know, give it your best. You're not going to be all in. You're not going to, um, you know, I, if we're doing things that we don't want to do, we, we can't be great at it. Right. Um, so figuring out like what is, important to you what is it that you know to use jill's term that i use over and over now is what lights you up that that to me is so important and then to to block the noise that that's all around you it, it's uh that's you know get good at saying no if you know that's the uh that is something that it, the more you can say no to the more you can do what's important you know and and that to me is the 
that's something that is tough to learn because when we're first starting out, we're, I, I, I tend to think that we just say yes to everything and too much to try to, because we, there's that, you know, if you want to call it the scarcity mindset that we've got to pay the bills today. Right. So I would share that with, with leader, you know, when I do strategic planning, but, but I don't have time, but I don't have time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for, I just don't have time to add anything to my plate. I would say the exact thing you just said, if you focus so much on the urgent and you overlook the important, you're never going to get anywhere. And the, the phrase that, that I teach my team to use, you cannot come to me and say, I didn't have time. You have to say, it wasn't a priority. And when you switch that out, holy cow, how the priorities change. And you as a leader, if you're asking your team to do that, and then you have to do that with them if you fall short on a, a deadline or something, that's a gut punch. That really changes you know, how you how you manage your time and the decisions you make and, and the things you say yes to and the things you say no to when you, when you look at it through that lens. You know, about that, this idea that like, we don't have time. I, I, I am just a, again, I am a believer that we create the space and time that we want. Right. And that's by prioritizing what we do. And to me, that is as an entrepreneur, it's, you know, something that I've always done. I went early on in CU Insight, I didn't have any money, but like I needed to get away. I, often I would drive from Greenville, South Carolina down to the coast and then drive back because like that space in the car was like a space for me to just think and be for a few hours, <laughs> you know? Um, and that to me is like, it, you have to be able to create that space to be able to think. Um, and then that allows you to kind of prioritize what's important, what is actually urgent, what's not, because they're different things, right? So. My 26-minute flight from Greenville, South Carolina to Atlanta to get wherever I'm going, yep. not enough time to crack the laptop, but enough time to sit there and just think for a little bit, at least a couple times a week with as busy as my travel schedule is. It's a beautiful space, a beautiful time to take. Randy, I want to thank you for joining the the podcast today and, and thank you for letting me shame you into doing this after I've been a guest oh. twice yours. I knew you couldn't turn me down. You were an easy <laughs> target. So thank you for saying yes. And, and hopefully we can have you back. Oh, thank you for having me, Bo. I love the show and uh, I appreciate it. Can't wait to see you again, my friend. Appreciate it. Episode number 17 of The Accidental Leader is in the books. Randy Smith, founder of CU Insight, was our guest today. If this is your first time listening, go back, catch up on some previous episodes. Just go to theaccidentalleader.com. That's theaccidentalleader.com. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com. Courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon.